Easter is 40 days away, and Lent, the traditional Christian season of penance, has begun. What is penance, and where does it fit into the life of a Christian? What is the significance of the three traditional Lenten penances, prayer, fasting, and almsgiving? And what does Brother Rex, a consecrated diocesan hermit, give up for Lent? Welcome to episode 14 of Deep in Christ. Welcome back to Deep in Christ. I'm your host, John Mark Grodi, here at the Coming Home Network International. Winter is here and with a vengeance. We're covered with snow. I hope you're keeping warm wherever you are. Easter is about 40 days away, and so we're entering this traditional Christian season of Lent, a time of penance, a time of taking on additional practices of prayer, fasting, and almsgiving as a way to commemorate and remember and enter into the death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, the Coming Home Network is a diverse community, people from a lot of different Christian and even non-Christian backgrounds who have different levels of experience with uh, these sorts of practices, with this season of Lent, whether it's part of your your particular tradition, uh, and whether your particular Christian tradition emphasizes ascetic practice, you know, self-denial, fasting, things like that. A lot of different backgrounds here, and so we wanted to have a discussion to kind of to look at what the church teaches on those things and and what Catholics do during the season of Lent. So I'm joined for this discussion today with Brother Rex. We're going to take another trip out to the Hermitage to visit with him. Uh, and we're going to discuss, again, this season of Lent and how you can enter into it uh, wherever you're, you're, you're coming from and whatever status you are in relation to the Catholic Church. You know, this is something we can, can uh, get behind as Christians. This is something we can enter into. You know, it says in the Gospel of Luke 9.23, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow follow me. This self-denial is not something optional. It's part of the life of a Christian. It's part of this walk with Christ, that we take up the cross with him. We enter into that passion uh, with our Lord Jesus Christ. And that's what the season of Lent is about. That's the reason for taking on additional prayer, additional fasting, and almsgiving. It's a way to chip away at our self-centeredness and to make more room in our hearts for Christ. That's what this is about. So join us for this discussion, Brother Rex and I. I hope you enjoy it. Um, Let's dive in. You know, I was thinking about this today, brother, and the question I wanted to to begin by asking you was, like, what is Lent like for you in your vocation? Because I know what it's like in my vocation. In my vocation, uh, entering the season of Lent, adding prayer, well, duh, because I never have enough time for prayer. Uh, adding asceticism, well, duh, because I'm uh, a spoiled first world person with lots of comforts in my life. And almsgiving, well, duh, because again, I'm richly blessed and I don't give nearly enough. But you already live a pretty simple life. <laughs> so what's Lent like for you? Is it yeah. just... Well, you, yeah, there are some little there are some little things that I do that, that definitely keep me, uh, keep me focused on Lent. For instance... Yeah. I I really enjoy I really enjoy tea and coffee with milk in it. Yeah. And for Lent, I give up milk, but I continue to drink tea and coffee and I'll tell you why I do that because if I give up tea or coffee outright. Yeah. For a couple of days I've got a headache and then it's like, well, whatever, no big deal, <laughs> right. you know. Come on Easter Sunday, right? <clears throat> yeah. But 
if I give up the, if I keep drinking the tea and coffee and I just think it's nasty, it's just <laughs> nasty. And it reminds me every day of the bitterness of sin. And, and uh, it, it, it keeps me ever mindful that it's actually Lent. So there's that. Yeah. There's also, I tend to read quite a bit as well, um, but I like to focus in on, on specific things during Lent. So this, this year I thought I was going to focus in on uh, Christian nonviolence, but I've decided to return to my study of the, um, the Beatitudes or the Sermon on the Mount in whole, as a whole, actually. Uh, right. So that, and then uh, prayer, they, they, in times past, the parishes have uh, offered uh, uh, Stations of the Cross on Friday, Things like yeah. that, and uh, so I would I would attend those. Um, mm-hmm. Now because of COVID, I'm going to be doing those here in the Hermitage. Sure. Uh, so it doesn't look it doesn't look a whole lot different. Um, one one of my brother hermits recently said that uh, he was going to be getting up in the middle of the night uh, for an hour holy hour. I mean, getting up at midnight. You know, going to bed at eight and getting up at midnight. Sure. And uh, I thought, well. That's not such a bad idea, actually. So mm. that I may incorporate that, but um, mm. I think it's the little things, whatever I can do to to um, uh, keep my focus on Jesus and on my time in the desert with the Lord. And yeah. uh, there you are. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to do the midnight holy hour. Although, if my kid gets up in the middle of the night, maybe I'll try to have it a note by my bed to remind myself to to be in a prayerful mood when I go to bed. Yeah, not grou- not grouchy. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's funny your example of giving up milk because. Often when I talk about fasting with my brothers or with my family, I, I relate um, a piece of advice I received in college from a friend and at that point a spiritual mentor of sorts. I was discussing my difficulties with fasting. And he and I think at the time, I think he recognized, you know, you're trying to bite off more than you can chew. Mm. You know, you're, you're focusing on the difficulty here and rather than the self-denial, which we're going to talk about a lot today. Um, but his point was give up milk. And I was like, I don't really drink much milk. That's going to be too easy. And he's like, no, it won't. Like as soon as you give up the thing, <laughs> you'll find that, oh, now it's the self-denial. <laughs> Suddenly milk is everywhere. Suddenly, <laughs> you know, this thing that I otherwise wouldn't have had a big deal about, um, I have these opportunities to say, okay, yes, yes, Lord, I will not mm-hmm. do this thing. Um, uh, I'll give up something less to gain something more, mm-hmm. you know. And so I always think of milk in uh, connection to fasting for some, for that reason. I think that's it. You made an interesting point. I think, and I think the, po- the, the point is uh, if i if all I do is give up something, well, right. That's all I've done is give something up. Uh, what, to what end? Right. Yeah. What, what do I replace it with? So I give up milk and I drink, tea, which seems, I mean, I get, I get it. It's not that big of a deal. Right. Yeah. yeah. But, but, uh, the bitterness that goes along for me with now I know people drink black coffee and love it. I'm not one of them. So uh, the, the that taste in my mouth of bitter tea or bitter coffee, yeah. uh, it's an opportunity to remind me to focus then on uh, the, the the bitterness of sin and my relationship with the Lord in relation, you know, relative to that. So it's not that I'm just giving up. I'm white knuckling my way through Lent. Instead, it gives me an opportunity, a reminder of what sin is, what it's like, uh, the bitterness that goes along with that. Because because sin taints all my, it makes all my relationships bad uh, right. and bitter, and yeah. so it gives me an opportunity then to replace the the actual cream in my coffee with uh, 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 
prayerful pondering of uh, of sin in my life and what it does. Yeah. And you know, I think there's a thread in in all sin. You, you sent me a great article today from um, what was the name of the website? The the online Mind and Spirit. Journal. Mind and Spirit, a really neat, uh, interesting resource. I just I started digging into mm-hmm. it today a little bit. But the article you sent me was on prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, which are the three traditional uh, practices of Lent. Catholics will take on additional prayer, some fasting or abstinence, uh, some ascetical practice, uh, and then some almsgiving. Um, and most people have heard those that list, you know, but they don't really know the significance of it. And the, the article did a good job of pointing out that um, the underlying thread for all those is this recipe for uh, dealing with, beginning to chip away at the, our deep-seated self-centeredness as humans. You know, the self is at the center of all of our sin. It's when we've turned inward. Um, and so it was, a, it was a great helpful article for two reasons. Well, a number of reasons. But one was that it, it showed how all these practices address that. But it also, I think, pointed out that even when we, when we take on Lenten practices— and we're going to get, we're going to dig into a bit more of what the what those are, what the church you know recommends, um, if if you're new to that kind of thing. But even when we take those on, or even outside of Lent, when we take on a new spiritual practice, you know, pr- we're going to pray, we're going to read. We always have to be be mindful that there's there's always going to be a bit of the me still bound up with those decisions, you know, and that that remains something that has to be weeded out slowly over time, and that's. A work of God's grace, but I recognize that oh, when I make a plan for myself, I got to be ready for that moment when it's time for the plan and for myself <laughs> to maybe step aside and say just say yes to God in that thing and not to the me in that thing. Yeah, I think that the, the the article pointed out about um, the, uh, uh, or or I guess the way I would put it is that that yeah. the constant battle against the ego, right? I'm not yeah. as I like to say, I'm I'm not much, but I'm all I ever think about. <laughs> I love that one. <laughs> and so uh, Lent is an opportunity to, in a very a very concrete way, to push yeah. back against uh, uh, that uh, the ego, uh, yeah. easing God out, right? So I'm pushing back against that e- uh, ego through prayer and passion, uh, uh, fasting, you know, which is a, which is a, a fight against my passions. Right. What do I love um, in an inordinate way? Um, and then almsgiving, of course, is turning then. It's not all about me. It's turning then towards towards others. And that can be hard on the ego as well. Right. Uh, and chips away at that. And then eventually, uh, by the grace of God, and if not in this life, then uh, hopefully in the next, uh, uh, all of that ego then becomes saturated or transformed into uh Christ, yeah, and uh, that's what we're starting in through our Lenten disciplines is to just deepen that union, uh, so that there's less of me and more of Christ in my daily life. As I, I am always drawing people's attention to, uh, in the context of the Coming Home Network and here on Deep in Christ, is the Catechism, because especially for someone, well, for Catholics and non-Catholics alike. Um, both would be constantly surprised at what they discover about the Catholic faith if they examine the catechism. Um, I like to to invite non-Catholic Christians who are exploring the church to check out the catechism because of how scripture saturated it is and how the explanations for Catholic teaching, 
I think they'd, they'd often find are, are so much more palatable and so much more in line with their Christian instincts than they might have imagined. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, I dug in the catechism a little bit uh, in terms of, of Lent. Is what does the catechism have to say? And I just wanted to read a few bits from that. Uh, this is kind of where we're coming from as Catholics. Uh, so this is paragraph 1434, and the heading above it is The Many Forms of Penance in Christian Life. The interior penance of the Christian can be expressed in many and various ways. Scripture and the fathers insist above all on three forms, fasting, prayer, and almsgiving, which express conversion in relation to oneself, to God, and to others. Alongside the radical purification brought about by baptism or martyrdom, they cite as means of obtaining forgiveness of sins, effort at reconciliation with one's neighbor, tears of repentance, concern for the salvation of one's neighbor, the intercession of the saints, and the practice of charity, which covers a multitude of sins. And then later on uh, down the line there, speaking specifically about uh, the seasons and days of penance, it says, in the course of the liturgical year, Lent and each Friday in, in memory of the death of our Lord are intense moments of the church's penitential practice. These are particularly appropriate for um, spiritual exercises, penitential liturgies, pilgrimages as a sign of penance, voluntary self-denial such as fasting and almsgiving, and fraternal chari- uh, sharing, charitable and missionary works. So we have, we have. I was <laughs> thinking about this earlier. You know, well, here's a question. Here's the quiz question for the day, Brother Rex. Are Fridays mini Lents, or is Lent a long Friday? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's a great. That's, not, a, that's, not sure a, that's a question answer. a Jesuit would ask. <laughs> yeah. Either way, I'm not sure if there's an answer. There doesn't really need to be an answer. The point is that the church, you know, it's a long-standing tradition within Christianity, within the, the church, that we we practice on Friday on all Fridays mm-hmm. um, throughout the liturgical year, um, a, a memory of Christ's death, and, and then in the, in the acts of penance, mm-hmm. you know, which is our, sort of a reparation, uh, a mending of that relationship mm-hmm. as a result of our sin. Mm-hmm. You know, so we take on penitential practices. And again, it mentioned there at the beginning that those, the traditional three, we think in terms of, well, additional prayer and then fasting or some sort of asceticism, ascetic practice, and then almsgiving. Sometimes we can be confused between, the, there, there is a difference between penance and punishment. Yes. So punishment is uh, I have I have uh, stolen an automobile, and my punishment is I go to jail. Mm-hmm. It's a consequence of my action. The right. penance is more a an outward sign that I've been forgiven by God, and that I am making uh, a determined effort uh, to uh, to begin again this ongoing conversion experience. Right. And so uh, that's what that's what penance is. It's not a punishment. It's a, 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 a way of perhaps restitution, if you want to think of it that way. But it's certainly not a punishment. Yeah, I was so I'm preparing uh, my daughter Lucy for her first Holy Communion, uh, and so in the fall, as a preparation for that, she was preparing for her first reconciliation confession. Uh, and so, you know, we were teaching her the, the formula for that. You know, what happens? Well, you go in the church and, oh, there's a little light and there's a box and the, the priest is on one side and you go in and you say, you, you say X, Y, and Z and you say your sins and then you, you make an act of contrition. You know, you say sorry for your sins with, with this prayer, you know, and then the priest 
um, operating in what we believe is the, the authority that Christ gave to his apostles, absolves the person of their sins in, in Christ's name, and then gives the person a penance. Well, he gives it beforehand, but the, mm-hmm. gives the person a penance. And what is a penance? And I liked how that the, the materials we were using described penance to the little kids who saying, what is penance? A penance is a small act of love mm. that you do in, mm. in gratitude. Mm. You know, for, for being forgiven of your sins. Yeah. Yeah. Again, your penance, your can't, penance can't earn forgiveness. That's not what sure. this is. It's not punishment. It's penance. It's a small act of love that I, I give yes. to my God, to yes. the to the Father. I, a prodigal son coming to the Father, it's a small act of love I give to my Father. And thanksgiving for the forgiveness that we've received, right? I mean, right. Uh, paragraph uh, right above paragraph 441, it talks about, it says in very bold letters, only God forgives sin. Only God forgives sin. However, uh, in the economy of salvation, I guess that's the right word, isn't it? What God mm-hmm. has done is so structured the universe that I don't have to wonder if God has forgiven my sin. God right. has actually given uh, an individual the, um, the um, responsibility of telling me with, with his lips, with words, that God has forgiven me. And that's a beautiful thing. Let's talk about these three practices, you know, for a minute. Let's walk through them, or the, these three uh, main forms of penance. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, if people are preparing for their Lenten journey, oh, you know, and actually, before we we dig into those three and and, con- and consider them practically in terms of how you and I are, and the people uh, listening, the people in the online CHN online community, and others who may be listening or watching this, as they're uh, how they're preparing. But before we get to those. Um, you know, the question occurred to me earlier in the context of the Coming Home Network, you know, many Christians who may be considering becoming Catholic or exploring, many people who are, you know, in the network, the Coming Home Network, they may be coming from a tradition that doesn't practice Lent or that maybe doesn't isn't doesn't have much experience with, you know, the notion of, of penance or the notion of uh, ascetic practices, you know, disciplines of those sorts. So the question is, you know, like, should should they be practicing Lent along with us, you know, should they consider doing Lent even though they're not a Catholic yet? Is this something that's sort of open to everybody? Is this an invitation? Absolutely. When I was um, when I was uh, part of the United Methodist Church, we yeah. had uh, we had Lenten a Lenten fast and Lenten yeah. disciplines that were suggested to us by the uh, the um, conference of the United Methodist Church, would be the the, the geographical area, and uh, sure. the pastor. Um, uh, uh, encouraged it. And then, of course, when I made my uh, transition to uh, the Episcopal Church, uh, of course, that was uh, even more uh, more focused during the Lenten period, this is a period um, right. on those sorts of uh, Lenten practices. And then, of course, it was simply a, a fulfilling of all of that when I came into the, the full communion with uh, Christ in the Roman Catholic Church. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, feel free. People are absolutely encouraged to uh, take part in uh in uh, Lent in any way they feel comfortable, right? Because sure. it's all about becoming closer to Christ. Yes. Right? It's not a, it's not a Roman Catholic thing. Mm-hmm. It's a thing for people to come closer to Jesus Christ. Yeah. And I, so uh, please join yeah. us. I totally agree. I, I, and I, of course, I asked the question a little awkwardly, and I apologize about that. You know, but that's exactly what was on my mind, is that this is there's nothing specifically Roman Catholic about this. This is about following Christ's uh, command to us. You know, I think of the, you know, his words in, in Luke, Luke chapter 9, verses 23. And he said to all, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. 
So we're, we, we have, but what does that actually look like? How do we deny ourselves and take up our cross? Yeah. Well, this, this is a specific season where we as Christians, uh, you know, think of, let's, let's pick some specific ways where we can maybe shake ourselves out of our, just what's normal and comfortable in our life and renew our commitment to say, yeah, yeah, Lord, I, I want to deny myself and pick up my cross and follow you. Um, and again, that the, I think uh, drawing from that article again that you sent me earlier, prayer and fasting and almsgiving, those three t- together, they, they address, they enact, they bring about this self-denial, this necessary self-denial to make us more open to God's work, God's grace, to, to love of God. They enact that in a few different ways. And I wanted to go through those a little bit because, again, the, the article made some great points. Um, in terms of prayer, I mean, we, we've been talking about prayer uh, in general, what it is, prayer is the relationship with God, as we were discussing last time. Um, but in particular, this idea of adding additional prayer in Lent, um, I liked the the emphasis that that article made on prayer drawing us to this recognition that we need to turn outside of ourself mm-hmm. for help. You know, it's it, mm-hmm. it, it involves a self-denial because it, it's acknowledging by our prayer, I'm, I'm insufficient. I need God. I need others. It's Romans, right? Why do I do the things I don't want to do and the very things I do want to do, I don't do? Right? Yeah. Now, I can mouth that all day long. Uh, sure. The practice of prayer during Lent gives, him an op- gives me an opportunity to zero in on that, to drill down into that uh, and, and own it. And out of that, um, take some steps toward allowing Christ to give me the grace and the power to uh, learn how not to do the things that I don't want to do. Right. Yeah. Um, the other thing I would say, I would point this out, is that, uh, of course, it's 40 days. Jesus went into, this, into the uh, desert for 40 days. I mean, we're doing these things uh, in imitation of our Lord, right? To, right. to live the life, of, to, to allow Jesus to live his life in us. And Jesus prayed. Jesus fasted. Jesus was a man for others. Uh, you and I are called to fast, to pray, to be men for others. And women are called to be women for others, and so we're we're it's what we're called to do. And and Lent gives it's almost like a I was thinking of this word. Um, it's almost like a reset. Every year mm-hmm. we've got this opportunity, this long period of time that yeah. uh, the church has given that our, our Lord has given us through the church. This long period of time to reset our focus yeah. on what's really important. And over this last year, we've had a lot of things. Many of us <laughs> have had a lot of things that we've allowed to become the important thing, right? Yeah. And they're important things, but they're not the important thing. Uh, our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ is the important thing. Right. We need those cycles. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the blessing of of the cyclical nature of life, you know, days and weeks and months and years. And then within the church, we're, we're given the liturgical calendar. You know, we have liturgical seasons, the season of Advent preparing for Christmas, the season of Lent preparing for 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 um, Easter, like we, I think it's such a blessing to have those those cycles, mm-hmm. you know. So again, we, you might have a great Lent, you might have a bad Lent, you know. You know, those are sort of relative terms, you know. But the point is, is next year we'll do it again. And of course, it, for for folks who are listening uh, or or thinking about coming into the church, this forty day period was traditionally a period of intense preparation for uh, uh, candidates and catechumens. To come into the uh, who were coming into union with Christ in the church, um, 
it was an intense period of preparation for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so uh, even today it is. And so we as baptized Christians and as members of the church have this opportunity to enter into that that period of, of preparation with our sisters and brothers who are going to join us at the uh, the Eucharistic table uh, at the Easter Vigil. And so we're not we're we're not in this alone. This is not for us alone. Uh, it's uh, it's for Jesus and it's with Jesus and uh, who comes to us through our sisters and brothers uh, in the church. So uh, prayer. How much prayer, brother? Do, do people need to go from zero to 60? What are we talking here? <laughs> well, I think my rule of thumb is uh, uh, pray as you can, not as you can't. Good. Now, having said that, uh, people have probably heard about, you know, the, the church has, uh, in her wisdom, has given us an opportunity, uh, this wonderful resource called the Liturgy of the Hours, uh, set periods of time during the day in which to pray and and words to give us give us words to use as prayer prompts for our relationship with the Lord um, and that used to be only in book form but now they come in several different uh, op, um, uh, apps that people can download on their phone sure. I would encourage them to take a look at that most of them are free uh, maybe pray morning and evening prayer something like that uh, if you're open to it uh, find yourself a, a, a bookstore or a, or a Catholic gift shop and get a rosary maybe, uh, or simply just spend more time uh, in the morning or in the evening, whenever you, whenever the Lord puts it on your heart that you can do it, just spend mm-hmm. some time sitting down with the Lord. And and know that it's a sac- if it's a sacrifice, it's a sacrifice. And what Christ did for us, certainly we can give him 20 more minutes of our time in the course yeah. of a day. Right. How about you? Yeah. What, what's your prayer life going to look like this Lent? Well, I'm going to continue praying the liturgy of the hours, and that's that. That is the that common prayer of the people of God. That common Christian prayer mm-hmm. uh, of the church is something I we'd recommend people check out. We'll probably talk about that down the the road a little bit more about that specific kind of prayer within the church. Um, but yeah, for myself, I'm going to continue the liturgy of the hours, and I've been working hard on. In my case. I, it would be my aspiration to spend a holy hour mm-hmm. with the Lord every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, finding that whole holy hour is is difficult, but I'm mm-hmm. starting with 20 minutes. I'm trying to be real uh, specific in my morning to mm-hmm. put 20 minutes um, of preferably just quiet prayer with the Lord mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. the presence of God with, with the scripture, mm-hmm. uh, the first thing in my day. Now, mm-hmm. I can't always get fully awake for that, and I can't always stay terribly focused for that. And so when, when in doubt... Um, I pull out my beads and mm-hmm. I I resort to the ancient um, pr- uh, prayer, which is very popular in the Eastern mm-hmm. uh, lung of the church, if you will, the Jesus prayer, which is very simple. And it's right out of the gospel there. Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And I just, I sort of repeat that over and over until I can bring my heart, my mind back to a the presence of God. I think it's important that God God can do anything in the flat in the blink of an eye, right? Like this. God can create universes just like this. Okay. So the devil knows that. And the devil doesn't want us to pray. Period. End of conversation. The devil does not want us to have a relationship with his enemy. And so uh, playing on my ego, playing on my pride, the devil can somehow convince me that if I'm not praying for an hour solid, if I'm doing a holy hour, then uh, 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 why bother? And then I don't do anything. So I encourage people to 5, 10, 15, whatever you can do, begin. 
and do yeah. that, and the Lord can work miracles. That sounds kind of hokey, but the world, the Lord begins to transform us from within, and just by by giving that time to Him. So I would encourage people: if you can't spend an hour in quiet reading the scriptures, uh, give the Lord twenty minutes and trust yeah. that He can. He, he honors that and can do yeah. wonderful things. Yeah. Yeah, in fact, I, I would challenge anyone with any of these, and we're, we're going to talk about um, the fasting or asceticism part a little bit, and then the almsgiving part, but with all three of these, it's always a struggle with ourselves to feel like, you know, when we think of a potential thing, like, oh, that's either too much or too little. I, I, I challenge people, actually, maybe err on the side of too little. Err on the side of, of you know, like if, if you're having trouble getting started with prayer, well, just commit to the amount that, you're pretty darn sure you can do, but almost seems a little lightweight because you're still going to find that it's, there's going to be days where it's a sacrifice and it's a difficulty. But the point is you are still submitting your will to the Lord. Mm -hmm. You're still saying, no, when it gets to that time, um, that manageable amount of time, I've given that to God and I'm going to mm -hmm. stick with that because then you're building the habit, you're building the virtue. Um, uh, and same with the ascetic practices and with almsgiving. Like, you know, start with something very small because what you're also taking your ego out of that a little bit. You know, we, we wrestle with this. Oh, it, it, on the one hand, this this I uh, if I pray this much, oh, that's going to be too difficult for me. It, you know, and maybe it will be hard to work that into your day. But we worry on the other end. Oh, that that's not enough. This amount of prayer isn't enough. Like I I surely can do more better than that. I'm surely a you know more disciplined with that. Well, no, maybe we have a high estimation with ourselves, and it's better to just start because you can always add. You can always stay in your in your in your holy fifteen minutes longer. Um, but the point is, is you're making an act of obedience to mm -hmm. God. Lord, I will give you this additional prayer time. Mm -hmm. I'll show up and I'll give it to you. Mm -hmm. And I think also it's, it's also an opportunity when we fail in the yeah. sense that this, right? So I'm going to give the Lord 15 minutes and and, in very, and then I, fl I fail for several days running. Mm -hmm. And if I stop and, and think about that, I can realize why am I angry with the people in my life who, who don't do something simple, like A, B, and C, and I fly off the handle and holler or whatever, send a nasty email. I can't even give the Lord of the universe 15 minutes of my time. Yeah. Right? So it, it chips away at that, again, at our ego and, yeah. and, and replaces it, please God, with a, a, a many things, but in this case, a little bit more compassion for the people in my life. When we've made a plan, a plan of prayer or a plan of some sort of asceticism or fasting or almsgiving, and then we fail, I actually have found this in my life recently, that that is such an important opportunity that we easily miss. Because, you know, like it, it's always, we have the same opportunity whenever we sin, um, but the unfortunate thing is that to get to the opportunity, we had to sin. Mm -hmm. when, we, when we make a plan for ourselves, a plan to serve God, and we fail at that, not a, a sin hasn't necessarily occurred because you know I did, I, I I forgot my my holy hour or something like that, but the opportunity there uh, is that in whatever mistake has been made, I have this opportunity to say, ah, okay, this wasn't about me, this wasn't about my plan, this wasn't about my per perfect record, having checked checked and marked every day of this week that I got my prayer in. That wasn't what it was about. It was never about that. It's about submitting to God. It's about mm -hmm. love of God. And so that, that act of getting back up and saying, you know what? Yeah, I messed it all up. 
but I'm back again today. Mm-hmm. Uh, Father, have mercy. Like that is such an opportunity because we're precisely in, in an even deeper way. We're setting our own will aside and saying, oh, it was never about that. Mm-hmm. It was about mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. And here I am. I'm back. I like what St. Jose Maria Escriva says. Somebody, somebody asked him, uh, I don't know how to pray. And Got basically he said, why don't you just sit down and tell the Lord, I don't know how to pray. And at that moment, you have begun to pray. Yes. You see? I think that's brilliant, but we would we would be the devil. The devil would like to blind us to that simplicity. Well, there's so many threads that connect these three. We better move on to the, the next one because we, we keep going around. You know, the on uh, the next one being fasting. Mm. Right? Lent is traditionally a time where we take on some ascetic practice, some self discipline. Um, and again, like with prayer, uh, but in a different way, this is an opportunity for self-denial, mm-hmm. to lay down my will, mm-hmm. um, to sacrifice something lower, to gain something greater. So again, I might give up chocolate, or I might give up milk in my coffee or tea, or I might give up my favorite food. But again, the point is, oh, I'm going to give up something. And, and, and an important point here, too, is we don't give up sins for Lent, right? <laughs> <laughs> because some people, they get to Lent, and they're like, well, okay, I, now I'll stop, you know, looking at pornography, or now I'll stop drinking because it's Lent, you know. Like, well, that's that's right. not what this is I about. I won't be a glutton. I won't be a glutton <laughs> for forty days. <laughs> no, th- those are matters of justice, as uh, mm-hmm. uh, Father Peter and I are going to be talking about here soon. The virtue of justice. Those are just that's just right and wrong. You're you are to give up sin uh, out of obedience to God because it's wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a separate thing. During Lent, you don't give up evil things. That's that's the business of your whole life during Lent. No, we give up something that's not evil. Now, our attachment to it might be disordered and, and wrong, but the thing is a good, and we're sacrificing that lower good to gain a greater good. And we're not giving it up because, just to give it up, right? I mean, again, it's not right. just nature abhors a vacuum, and something's going to fill that, right? Yeah. Um, so it's uh, giving up chocolate or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't happen to be. I don't happen to be um, fine at chocolate. That you know, it's not one of my things. So, <laughs> sure, maybe sure. I should take up chocolate for mm. Lent. Yeah, take it up, get really attached to it, and give it up. <laughs> <laughs> but that's um, not how this works either. <laughs> it's uh, yeah. It's just it, again, again. It's not. It, it's not giving something up for the sake of giving something up. It's right. about pushing back against the ego, yeah. which is the, which is the only thing standing in my way. Of sainthood, you're not standing in my way of sainthood. God is not standing in my way of sainthood. The devil is not standing in my way of sainthood. I am standing in my way of sainthood. Right. Yeah. And so, anything I can do to push back against, it, which may seem very simple to you, or may, or your your what you do may seem very simple to you, but it might be the thing that I know the Lord has put on my heart that 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 right there. Yeah, you, you practice not doing that, or practice doing that, mm. and I'll see that great things come to pass for you. Yeah. And I don't mean a jetliner and a one megabucks. I mean interiorly, grace. Right? Yeah, yeah, and it doesn't it doesn't matter if it seems small to us. Again, I think the same with the prayer thing. We 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 tend to talk ourselves out of these kinds of things because we we either think of things. Uh, that scare us all, like, oh, I couldn't do that. That's much far too big. Oh, I, and then we also think, well, I couldn't do that. That's far too small and insignificant. Mm-hmm. Well, gosh, if you're going to err on one side or the other, err on something that is, yeah, small and seemingly insignificant. Because guess what? This isn't about your ego. This isn't about your pride. 
This is about a small, act. this is penance, mm-hmm. a small act of love for the Lord. And you will find that what you thought maybe was small, it's, you're still going to have times mm-hmm. in that 40 days mm-hmm. where, because the, the devil will then bring that to you. Okay, are you really, really going to give up chocolate? I know you don't even like chocolate that much, but man, have you considered that chocolate's pretty awesome? <laughs> like it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And, and the whole point is that, no, that's the opportunity precisely to say, yes, Lord, out of love for you, not out of love for self, or my discipline, or my practice, or my pride, or even uh, to keep my streak alive because I've already goofed it up three times this week. No, simply out of love for you, I'm going to not have this chocolate now. For us here in the U.S., for for Roman Catholics, the basic kind of minimal for Lent is that you you fast and abstain on Ash Wednesday, Mm -hmm. and you fast and abstain on Good Friday, Mm -hmm. and then you fast... No, you abstain. And, yeah, and abstain on yeah. all the Fridays in Lent, I guess, yeah. Abstain, and so the fasting, yeah. the fasting, again, the minimal recommended dose right. that the church gives is, you know, <laughs> one one normal-sized meal and then two smaller meals that together do not equal if the other meal, to, right? right? Do I have that right? Yeah. yeah. And then the abstention, the, the abstaining, is that we traditionally abstain from meat right. on that Ash Wednesday and then the Fridays during Lent, right? I think that that's, that's kind right, of the yeah. basic. And in some, yeah. if some people are listening in, in, for instance, England, they know that their bishops have reinstituted, um, reinstated, um, fasting from meat, abstaining from meat on all Fridays throughout the year. Right. Right. Anyway, yeah. so did you not want to talk about the other? No, that, that's great. All right. That, that's so, so other church yeah. jurisdictions in the Eastern Catholic tradition, they have their pretty their fat. If we followed their fasting rule, we wouldn't have to worry about giving up chocolate because they don't. Have, I mean, they don't have like no olive oil. No, I mean, it's like well, they're they're intense. You right, know? right. They're intense, uh, yeah. which is because it's all about it's all about again, you know, pushing back against the ego, and that's the way their tradition has has understood that, and more power to them. Yeah, yeah. I love the. I, I, I it's taken me a long time, but I've come to appreciate the the church. The at least again in the Roman Church the. The no, the no meat on on Fridays and on Ash Wednesday, because precisely because most of my life, I I sort of was like that. It just seems so simple and easy, and like it doesn't make any sense that I get to Friday and I go out and have a seafood dinner. That's just <laughs> does not seem to be in the spirit of the thing, and it's right, not. Right, we found a workaround. Yeah. But what I what I came to appreciate was that it, it's a small inconvenience, yeah. and heaven knows, like. I don't handle small inconveniences. Well, sometimes I actually handle big inconveniences better because I, you know, like they engage my passion. They, I, I kind of get motivated and, you know, like, oh, I'm going to tackle this thing. But a small inconvenience, yeah. you know, a small annoyance. Oh, it's Friday. I can't have the bologna sandwich. Darn it. You know, sometimes it's that small, seemingly insignificant inconvenience. That's the greater act of love. Because for me, it's just like, there's no reason to do this. It doesn't even make me excited. It doesn't even make me feel good about myself. It's just merely, yes, Lord, I will, in obedience to your church, as an act of love for you, I will not eat the bologna sandwich yes. today. As a convert coming into the yeah. church and realizing that in some locales, uh, yeah. the Fridays of Lent become big opportunities for big fish fries. Um yeah. Because you don't eat meat on Friday, so the, and it's just again, it's just sort of corporate ego, right? I mean, it just they, we sort of found a workaround. Okay, no, no, uh, no uh, bologna sandwich on Fridays, but I'm going to go have a great big uh, fish fry at the parish. Like, yeah, ah, man, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not blaming anybody. It, it just, it's just another opportunity for the devil to work on us, and the next thing you yeah. know, we're 
going through the motions, but we kind of missed the the whole point, yeah. right? Well, you know, you said something earlier, and you mentioned that chocolate wasn't a big big deal mm -hmm. for you, and that I think that highlights another aspect of this ascetic uh, issue, this fasting and abstinence, insofar as you know, aside from the church's uh, specific requests they make of us, which are very small. I mean, mm -hmm. very, I mean, not a big deal. Um, but the if we were to, going to take on as a Christian additional prayer and and some ascetic fasting penance uh, during Lent and some almsgiving, particularly on that, um, well, I guess for each of those, but but recognize that there's there's some relativity in those to my particular interior life, the particular state that I'm in, the particular uh, in terms of fasting, like I want to fast not from something that's difficult from somebody else, mm -hmm. but perhaps very easy for me. I want to pick something that's a small challenge for me. You know, what is the small attachment to a good thing that I can sacrifice? And so again, you don't give ch up chocolate because chocolate is not even mm -hmm. something that you mm -hmm. like, mm -hmm. but you, you find something, some small thing that you, mm -hmm. that, that is a, it is a small sacrifice to you because it doesn't need to be something precious. Mm -hmm. you, you mentioned that earlier that we don't give it up just to give it up. We do give it up because it is a good thing. Mm -hmm. You know, giving it up, sacrificing it, recognizing, hey, that's a, that's a neat, wonderful creation of God that we've got there. Mm -hmm. Chocolate is an amazing thing that the Lord wrote into this fairy tale mm -hmm. story that we're living in. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I give it up because I recognize its preciousness. Yes, but it's but it's but it's also because it is something that I particularly like. One year, uh, mm -hmm. and I'm I'm not tooting my own horn. I'll just give you an example. One year, I um I stopped salt salt and pepper on my food. Hmm. Nice. That was it for Lent. Nothing. So the food became bland. Yeah, I'm not that great of a cook anyway, but <laughs> but it was <laughs> it needs a lot of salt and pepper so it tastes good. Well, now sure. I realize what a bad cook I am. Anyway, <laughs> um, and and uh, and so the spiritual component of that was I realized I just every time I would think this chicken is bland, I would think how bland would my life be without the lordship of Jesus Christ. How bland would my life be without the grace of God, right? the, the grace, yep. uh, union with my Lord through the Eucharist, right? So all those things, you know, eating bland chicken is hardly going to get me into heaven. But what it's going to do is it's going to remind me in a way that I might not otherwise be conscious of uh, just how just how rich my life is. Um, be, uh, and that comes to mind because of the blandness of my food. I kept that up. I've kept that up to this day. On very rare occasions, on Sundays, uh, because Sundays are always little Easter's, uh, I will I will season my food. But for the most part, and I every once in a while, I mean it's not a hard and fast rule, but for the most part, uh, I don't season my food uh, <laughs> as an act because I love to eat. Yeah, uh, and it's an act of um, an act of asceticism and an opportunity to remind me just how rich my life is. Because yeah. of God, right? Yes. Nothing I've done; it's all God's grace. Uh, and um, yeah, so something like that. Maybe somebody is listening wants to try just a little less salt, no salt yeah. at all. This, no, no sugar in your in your uh, coffee. Anything that's going to help you remember, you know, connect that, connect that somehow with your relationship with the Lord. Mm -hmm. However abstract it might seem to somebody else, it, for you it works. Right. And uh, I think those little it's better to do that than nothing at all. Yeah, yeah. Mine tend to be around eating too because I too love to eat. So that tends to be, but it might not be everybody's. 
mm-hmm. you know, the area where they can most fruitfully uh, sacrifice some some small thing out of right. love for the Lord. Right, because I think that's what we tend to think about fasting. We always tend to think about food. But I know of, I know an individual who won, won Lent. Uh, now, he tended to look on the negative side of things. And it, and it was a real drag, and he knew it. I think his wife kept reminding him of that. So for Lent one year, uh, he decided, you know what? I'm going to say something positive at least once a day to somebody in whom I come in contact with. So he was fasting from the negativity. Mm, uh, nice. And that became that, that, that was really important to him, and that's carried on to this day. He's still kind of a curmudgeon. But uh, he trained himself to, you know, Life is pretty darn good with Christ in my life because of Christ. Yeah. And there are a lot more positives than there are negatives. And yeah. it made him, by the, God transformed him. It makes him a much more pleasant person to be around. So maybe yeah. we need to fast from criticizing. There's lots of, lots of possibilities here. Mm-hmm. You know, warm air, cold air, warm water, cold water, mm-hmm. you know, seasoning, no seasoning. Uh, media, I think the media is probably a, one where we can really, mm, mm. Uh, a lot of us can look at, you know, my my use of the media. Maybe it's not always a specifically negative use, but maybe it uh, is an attachment that would be good to, mm-hmm. to sacrifice, at least in some way, at least temporarily, to again make more room for the love of God. Can we give up? Can we give up checking our Facebook account uh, and 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 not just give it up, but yeah. take the time that it, we would spend scrolling? reading right. our little New Testament that we've decided to carry with us during Lent. Right? Or that we have on our phone. It's just the other app. Every time I decide I want to hit Facebook, can I just hit my New Testament app instead? Yeah. Right? Or instead of That's sin- a great idea. Hmm? Or here's another one, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so let's say I've got a Twitter account. I don't, yeah. but let's say I do have it. And I just love to twit. Is that what you call it? Twit? No. Twit. <laughs> You're a twit. If tweet. You, yeah, I think it's yeah. tweet. Twit's tweet. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so what if what if I just I just decide I don't want to tell everybody in the world that I just had a thought. I don't want to show everybody how brilliant I am, and I'm just not going to do it. Right? This is supposed to be an ascetic practice for me, not for them, brother. Right. I don't want to deprive them. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Right. Exactly. There's the ego again, right? Uh, and it seems something simple, but it can be an opportunity if we well we practice that not hitting that. That send button or whatever, that we can then maybe instead of telling everybody in the world how you know when to show how, how brilliant I am, maybe I can just stop right there and, and offer a prayer yeah. for somebody in the world who's dying at this very moment of COVID, right? Or right. asking the Lord, oh that re- oh Lord, I just remembered you know I, I got a bad re- I got a tough relationship with my with my daughter mm-hmm. or my wife or my husband. Can you help me help me figure out how to how to maneuver through that, how to heal that, how to reconcile that? Um, and I those sound like simple things, but they're they're huge in in, in yeah. the Lord. You know what the Lord can do with that sort of stuff. Well, you know some of these again. So there's the fasting side, but some of these are kind of pulling us into the, this third mm-hmm. area here of doing something, doing some specific turning yes. outward towards someone else, yes. and that's this third category here, this alms giving. Yes. And we think of alms giving, giving alms to the poor. Yes. But again, this is this is the more active category. Let's do some positive, external, charitable act. I, again, the article that, that that you gave, you sent me earlier. I liked how it pointed out with prayer, it, it forces us to turn outward to look at to look to God uh, for our help. Uh, in, in terms of uh, the fasting, it's giving up 
something, mm-hmm. something lesser to gain something greater, giving up some small good to receive a greater good, the intimacy with God, that space in our life for God. Uh, on this level, it's specifically saying, and it made the point in the article, that uh, you could imagine perhaps getting really comfy with your with your relationship with God and your practices and everything, but uh, but still sort of, sort of holding on to the ego of how comfortable I am in this relationship. When God is calling you to go out, mm-hmm. go out mm-hmm. and spread the word, spread the love, mm-hmm. be my hands and feet, you know, perf- you know take care of the poor and, and mm-hmm. feed the hungry, etc. So we need something that specifically then turns us outward mm-hmm. to Christ in the other person at, during this season mm-hmm. of Lent and at all seasons. But as a specific practice during Lent, what's something we can do that takes us out of ourselves uh, to encounter the other person and, and to and to love them? I know a young woman who one year uh, she sat at home and uh, she may have been in college at the time, but the, the point is she decided that for 40 days— she was going to write 40 thank you letters to people, 40 people in her life who had who had meant something to her relative to her relationship with the Lord. And uh, as an as a recipient of one of which is a short card, but it was a nice handwritten as a recipient of one of those I was very very touched. And I thought that is just so precious. She had to give up her time. She had to think about what she was going to write. She sat down and she did it. Forty people in forty days. She she touched forty people's lives. I think yeah. that was a beautiful opportunity for. I I would have never thought of that myself, right? Uh, and yet she did, and I thought it was a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really beautiful. Because yeah, I think I so often we think, well, okay, uh, I, I am I going to go? Am I going to go volunteer at a homeless shelter? Am I going to go volunteer? Am I going to go cook meals for the homeless? Uh, all of those things are possible. Mm-hmm. Difficult now because of the COVID restrictions. But um, there are simple little things that we can do. You know, it's just about reaching out. It's, you know, making a phone call, maybe sending an email to somebody that you haven't talked with in in uh, thirty years or whatever. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, telling, but, walk, baking some cookies for the firemen, the front, the first line. You know, what do they call them? First responders who have yeah. been out there working for us. You know, those sorts of things. Is that what you're mm-hmm. thinking of? Oh yeah. I mean, and, and as you said, sometimes. When we the first things that come to mind sometimes are the more difficult things, mm-hmm. and we can use that, uh, or we can let that be used perhaps by the by the um, the deceiver mm-hmm. to talk us out of doing anything. But hey, you know, if nothing, like start small if necessary, mm-hmm. but do something, something mm-hmm. that's outside of the norm, mm-hmm. that's stepping out to to do a you know a spiritual or corporal work of mercy, mm-hmm. as we call them in the Catholic Church. Mm-hmm. Um, again, drawing from the New Testament. Mm-hmm. Uh, for another person, you know, some some act of mercy, some act of love, um, something new, something different, and, and that again that that brings us uh, out of ourselves to encounter Christ in the other person. Mm-hmm. You know, what you, as he said, what do you do for the least of my brethren? You do for me. So, what's so at least something small we can do during these forty days mm-hmm. uh, for Christ in, a, in that other person? Beautiful, yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Again, I think the the the. The great becomes the enemy of the good, right? Is that how they yeah. say that? Because um, maybe it's buying stamps for the for the people at the at the homeless shelter. You just buy some stamps and give them to the staff and say, if anybody wants to write a letter, here's some stamps. Just sim- right. it's about it's just about getting out of oneself, right? Yes. Just thinking about somebody else. They, they're small things, but again, we're setting the groundwork for the rest of our lives, right? 
And, mm-hmm. uh, uh, and so hopefully some of the things that we learn about prayer or some of the things we begin uh, in terms of our prayer life, in terms of fasting, in terms of almsgiving, will continue. It's not that they all stop Easter Sunday. That's not necessarily the point. But the, 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 um, the attitudes and the outlooks that we've gained over this fasting prayer and almsgiving over the 40 days of Lent, hopefully will set us on a different trajectory or uh, than we might otherwise have been. Well, you know, before we, before we uh, wrap up our discussion, you know, one thought that came to mind is precisely what you highlighted right there or, or referenced. So say that we do this. We go through this exercise. We take stock, you know, between now and Ash Wednesday, um, the, the beginning of Lent, this Lenten season, this preparation for Easter. And we think of, yes, I'm, okay, I'm going to add a, this little bit of additional prayer time to my morning routine or something like that. You know, so we, we pick some sort of prayer discipline. We pick some sort of fasting or ascetic discipline, something, some sacrifice we can make. Uh, we pick some sort of almsgiving, some act of love for, a na- for our neighbor that we can do. We, we've set those up. And we, we run them. We, we go into Lent. We, we go in knowing that we're going to mess it up uh, and we're ready uh, when we mess it up to return to the, the Father uh, and receive his mercy and receive his love. But we get all the way to the end. How does practicing this Lent change perhaps the way that we see and celebrate that Easter Sunday, brother? Oh, right. Well, I think for, uh, the easy one for me when I think about it is, uh, well, let's just the guy who gives up chocolate, right, or whatever. Yeah. Um, I remember when I joined the church uh, 2000, uh, yeah. After the Easter vigil, we walked into the parish hall, and the place was heaving, heaving with all these sugary sweets and uh, heaving. And everybody, everybody, it seems like everybody in the church had given up some some kind of sweet or something for Lent because the place was just exploded with with all of this food, and everybody was happy, and they were singing and carrying on. And uh, uh, I think it makes Sundays, Easter Sunday, uh, yeah. that... Uh, the resurrection just all that more uh, exciting, you know, when we just, we, there's this great big blowout, uh, which is an anticipation of the the feast that lasts forever uh, when we're with our Lord in heaven. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think we'll have to do, you know, a follow-up episode at some point. Maybe when we get to Easter, we can discuss a little bit, or, or leading up to Easter, we can discuss a little bit about what is it... Um, so again, as, as Catholics, we've retained the, this tradition of both uh, fasting as well as feasting. Well, what is a what is a feast? What is a proper feast? How do how do we um, you know draw up our bodily existence into uh, our relationship with God, both through the fasting, you know, the prayer, fasting, and almsgiving of a Lent or of a Friday, you know, or or, or of just the, the ordinary times of our lives, but also through the feast. You know, the Saint Day or Christmas or Easter or someone's birthday or someone's baptism day or whatever the way the things that we celebrate. How do we we use the the physical aspects mm-hmm. of that, you know, the, the sweets and the meal or, or the, the company? How do we how do we properly go about that? That might be, I think, a, a fruit fruitful further mm-hmm. further discussion for us to have. Let's do it. Hey everyone. I hope you enjoyed that discussion with Brother Rex Anthony Norris on Lent and penance and this this season ahead of us. A few takeaways for your consideration, you know, coming from our our discussion there. Um, As we said, uh, whatever your particular background, we we hope you would consider entering into or entering into again this season of Lent. You know, if this is is something you've done before. 
embrace those practices. If you haven't already done so, think of some uh, uh, practice of additional prayer or fasting. Uh, I'm sorry, prayer and fasting and almsgiving that you can do during this Lent. You know, some additional prayer, some fasting or asceticism, something, some small sacrifice we can make uh, to make more room for Christ in our hearts and in our life. And then almsgiving, some act of charity um, that we can make uh, to turn outward more towards Christ and other people during the season of Lent. Number two, uh, focus on the self-denial in all three of these practices. You know, we talked about how each of them come down to a different way that we turn away from ourselves more towards Christ. Um, but also keep that self-denial in mind as you go through the season of Lent. When it gets tough, when it gets difficult, uh, remind yourself that, hey, it was never about the plan. It was never about my pride. It was never about the perfect streak on my, on my planner. No, it was about Christ. It was about denying the self so that I can be more open to Christ and to other people. So keep that self-denial aspect in mind. Again, that's something right there in the gospel that, that Christ calls us to as part of our Christian walk. And number three, you know, start small. That helps us keep the focus on Christ, on what he's doing, on his strength, what he wants to call us to, uh, by, by setting our plan very manageably. You know, focus on a prayer and fasting and almsgiving. Focus on practices that are, that are very small to begin with. You can always add more. You know, if you commit to pray five minutes, you can always pray for 20 minutes. But start, start small so that you can put your full reliance on Christ um, and that you can uh, not uh, be, be intimidated maybe by the, either the, the bigness or the smallness of, of, your, of your commitment. Again, it's about greater conformity to Jesus, so keep that in mind. And then number four, you know, we're going to fall. Anytime we make a plan, whether it's reading or prayer or fasting or almsgiving, any other plan in the Christian life, there's going to be some mistake. There's going to be some misstep. And when that happens, you know, the hardest time to pray is the day after you forgot to pray. So get right back up. That's the time. That's the real moment for, for repentance. That's the real moment where we're turning to rely on God's strength. And again, we're, we're recognizing that this was never about me. This was about stepping out in love. And I can I can almost do that in greater love, in greater humility when I've made a mistake. So don't miss those moments uh, to, to lean in uh, deeper into Christ uh, when, when a mistake has been made. Uh, next week, uh, I'm gonna, P- Father Peter will be back with me again. We're going to be discussing uh, the virtues more. We're going to continue our exploration of the cardinal and theological virtues as this framework uh, that we can use, we can have in our mind and our heart um, as we go about uh, this process of, of walking with Christ in our life. Uh, we've been talking about prudence. We're going to go on to the virtue of justice. So we hope you'll join us for that, that conversation. Uh, and if you have not done so, be sure to hit that like and subscribe button so that you're notified of new episodes as they come out. And better yet, um, visit chnetwork.org and join the Coming Home Network, especially if you are uh, looking to better understand the Catholic Church, or perhaps you have or are considering becoming Catholic. We invite you to connect with a community of other Christians somewhere along that same journey. If you visit chnetwork.org, uh, you can read or watch many testimonies of people who have become Catholic. Uh, you can get lots of helpful resources, but most importantly, you can join our online community where you can journey along with this show and other shows and the show hosts and the staff and other members of the Coming Home Network International as we all uh, seek to go deeper into Christ and into the, whole, the, the Catholic Church. So check that out. 
Again, thank you for joining us for this episode of Deep in Christ. We'll see you again next week. God bless.